This week on the Habs Forum, there's uh, there's some news to talk about. Canadians aren't playing, but some stuff's happening. Trades happening during the playoffs. We don't usually see that, but I like it. It's exciting. It's very, very, very <laughs> exciting. So obviously, we're going to talk about uh, the the Jake Allen move. Uh, some more rumors going around with uh, with Max Domi, but now today actually maybe uh, maybe it's another center that's going to be on the move. I don't know how a lot of that's fans right. are going to feel about that, but it's interesting. Interesting. So we'll talk about that. And the draft dates have been announced. We have a few Twitter questions. As always, ask us your questions at the Habs Forum on Twitter. Also, two-year anniversary of a certain trade that Habs fans feel like they won. But we'll talk about what we think uh, two years later, what that trade looks like. And we're going to continue with the prospect talk. Another prospect that is in the 16 overall range that the Canadians might go get at the draft. But first, that's the but first, once again, brought to you by Manscaped.com. So go check out their website, Manscaped.com, and their new product, their new razor, Lawnmower 3.0, along with their, uh, you know, their, their, all their, their great products that they have, including the ball wipes, the ball deodorant, the ball toner, <laughs> everything for the balls. You gotta take care of your balls, guys. You gotta take care of them. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I mean, go check out Manscaped.com and use promo code HabsForum. To get 20% off your purchase and get free shipping. Very exciting stuff. And like you said, I mean, guys, send us your Twitter questions. Send us comments on the Habs. You can send them on Twitter at the Habs Forum or on Facebook as well. You follow, give us a follow on Facebook. Hey, it's the off season. We can use all the content we could get for, exactly. uh, for <laughs> to talk about the Habs. But some stuff did happen. So, I mean, at this point... Uh, this trade was uh, like not quite a week ago, but uh, maybe about a week ago. So Canadians get their backup goaltender. I mean, backup goaltending has been... I feel like it's an underrated position uh, in the NHL, how important it is. Like, despite the fact that the Canadians have, to, to, to in a lot of people's opinion, the best goalie in the NHL in Carey Price, we've seen the last two seasons. If you don't have a backup goaltender during the season, it just doesn't work anymore, and it can really affect the points of your team. So the Canadians go get Jake Allen. I mean, before we talk about the actual trade, let's talk about Jake Allen. He seems like a great guy to add to the team. Absolutely. I mean, a really good goalie. Obviously, he showed what he could. He, he did have some struggles uh, a couple of years ago, I think two years ago, basically when Bennington uh, basically like, took the job yeah. from him. Well, he was highly touted for a long time. He was supposed to be the future goaltender for yeah. the Blues for a very long time. He was. I mean, he was a former second-round pick in, I believe, 2006. 2008, um, 2008. 34th overall. Uh, so he was, uh, I mean, goalie, I mean, obviously he has a background in Montreal as well. I mean, he played for the Montreal Junior yeah. uh, here. So he's, uh, you know, I mean, familiar with the area, familiar with the market, of course. Um, so, I mean, he's definitely, I mean, he, the way that he played in this playoffs just goes to show what he can do. And, I mean, I think, you know, the interviews that he gave after the trade, he, I mean, he seems really excited by the prospect of, of backing up Carey Price. I, I absolutely love everything he said uh, post-trade. I mean, just basically acknowledging uh, that it's uh, uh, he's a backup, right? Like, he's like, he, he understands, like, it, it should be clear to anyone uh, that you're going to be the backup to Carey Price. But sometimes there, there's, there's been goalie controversies, controversies, and pro athletes tend to think they're better than they are sometimes. But he seems to understand his role. And then not only that, be ready to, to, to fulfill his role. Uh, I mean, he's only signed for, for, for one more year, but he seems to be excited to be coming to Montreal. And I've loved reading all the accounts from, whether it's just people on Twitter, fans of the St. Louis Blues, or it's re reporters for the St. Louis Blues, or uh, even Jim Rutherford made, made some comments. People just love this guy. He sounds like a, a great locker room guy. 
And for a backup goaltender, that is not to be underrated. You need a guy. We've had a few in the past, and it makes a huge. The guys that are willing to stay late at practice, that are willing to take shots for the the the, the, the players that are coming back from injury and that and that need need some practice after the practice and things like that. You need one of those guys as your backup, and he sounds like one of those guys. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I don't, I don't think I saw one Blues fan that had a bad thing to say when yeah. when he got traded, or that it, or that was even happy that he got traded. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they're obviously, I'm sure they're they're happy to get rid of his contract in order to. To uh, to work out some of the deals like Peter Angelo and, and Vince Dunn, but I mean uh, I mean to go back to one thing that you said earlier. I mean especially in this new NHL, we're like we're far away from guys like Martin Brodeur playing seventy yeah. uh, you know seventy games a, a season and you know the backup maybe playing ten. That's definitely not the case anymore. And we saw how good Carey Price can be in this playoffs when he's had rest. When he's had rest, as well. And we're even seeing backup goaltenders getting games in these playoffs. Yeah, well, Jake Allen. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, Jake Allen was great. No, or or even uh, Leonard has become the clear number one in Vegas, but then Flurry uh, will get a start uh, because maybe he's had too many games. Here's the thing: with the current, the way that the schedule is condensed for these playoffs is exactly how it's going to be when we do when we hopefully have a season. I mean, we should. I mean, these playoffs have shown that we can get it done. But if the season starts, let's say, in December, that's the rumor, they're, they're still going to want to condense it, right? They're gonna, not going to yeah. want it to last as long as it. So there's going to be more back-to-backs. There's going to be more kind of three games in four days and things like that. And you, you need, you're going to need a solid backup goaltender. And, I mean, hey, we were really excited for Keith Kincaid last year. We thought we had found it. But, I mean, even us last year would have agreed that Jake Allen has way more of a pedigree just yeah. to be able to not just be a backup, but be able to play a big chunk of games too. Because he had years as a starter in, in St. Louis playing 47, 61, 59, 46, like a large amount of games. So he can step in and, and really have a, a, a big split with Carey Price without being a liability in that. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, like, like you said, he's, he has experience as a number one goalie. He can even, you know, if something were to happen, knock on wood to Carey Price, I mean, I wouldn't be... I wouldn't be too scared to have Jake Allen play as, as your number one goalie. I mean, obviously have Caden Primo as well if something were to happen. It was one of, one of, if not the best goalie prospect in the NHL right now. So, I mean, uh, it, it's it's great news for the Canadians for sure. I mean, Jake Allen, you know, again, I mean, we talked about it on the last podcast that Jake Allen was the guy that we thought the Canadians could go after. Yeah, it made a lot of sense. It wasn't exactly the deal <laughs> that I was expecting. Well, in hindsight, do you not think that the deal that you were kind of pushing forward was maybe asking for, for too much? Well, obviously it was because, I mean, if, if I wasn't asking for yeah. too much, then it would have gotten done. <laughs> but uh, I'm a little surprised that, because, uh, I mean, considering his contract and how bad the Blues, presumably, you would think, want to keep Vince Dunn and, and especially Peter Angelo, their captain, um, I mean... I'm a little, I'm a little surprised. But let's not forget, he's had amazing yes. stats, right? His his stats for this season before the the kind of plans or, or or whatever, two two point one five goals against average, nine twenty seven, uh, save percentage on twenty four games, which is exactly what you want out of your backup. That's phenomenal numbers. And in these plans, one point eight nine goals against average and a nine thirty five save percentage. I mean, he has a great team in front of him, but still. Those are some fantastic numbers. So he he he, he was more because we, we we compared it, and I was agreeing with you at the time. Like we were comparing it to the the Joel Armia situation, right? Yeah. How we kind of got Armia for free, but the 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 cap dump in that situation was uh, Chris Mason. Yeah, Chris Mason. Uh, Steve Mason. Oh, Steve Mason. Sorry, 
Uh, Chris Mason also a goaltender at one point, yeah. but maybe that's maybe a bit <laughs> a lo- longer ago than Steve Mason. But Steve Mason was never acquired by the Canadians as anything more than a captain. Right? He was never meant to play any games for Montreal. He was strictly, strictly a captain. This is still a move where the Canadians are, are filling a need, a clear need. A, Bergeron, in, in his post-season uh, conference, specifically said his number one priority right now was to figure out the backup goaltending job. So... Mm-hmm. It was more than just a cap dump. And $4 million is not the end of the world. It's only one year. Like, who cares, really? Like, people were saying, oh, this is not what they should use their cap space for. It's it's for one year. Like, this is not handcuffing them in any way. And they, they still have plenty of cap room to go sign, like, a big UFA in Taylor Hall or, or make a, a trade for for a team for, for a big player that's making $7, 8000000 million if they want to. Like, they still have that space. It's still there. Yeah, exactly. And, and I mean, like, like you said, it's a one-year contract, so it's not – I mean, we don't – have any real RFAs that we have to sign this year? I mean, yeah, okay, yes, we have Domi and Mate, but I mean, they're not gonna. I mean, Domi's contract could be a little high there, but I mean, we're not in a bad position no. at this point. If it was, of course not. If you were signing a goalie uh, for two, three years, you know, for four million dollars, then it might be a little bit harder moving forward with you know other guys like Kakinami and Suzuki and all that. Um, so no, at the end of the day, I mean, uh, yeah, I was I was a little disappointed that maybe we didn't get something, you know, as a sort of a cap dump, like like you said, the Armia move. Um, and obviously, I got a lot of shit, a lot of shit on Twitter for that. <laughs> but uh, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, it was, yeah, for a third round pick, you get the goalie that you're comfortable with, that knows the market. I mean, I still think you know there's equally good goalies on the free agent market. But at the end of the day, you don't know if one of these guys is going to want to play behind Carey Price anyway. Exactly, and you made that specific argument in the last podcast that these players, these great goaltenders that are in the UFA crop, a lot of them ha- are coming off being starters or believe they should be starters. And they're not going to want to, even if they're going to sign on a team where they're not signing as their number one, they're not going to sign on a team where Carey Price is already there and they have no chance to become the number yeah. one. Right? So you have to keep that in mind. And, I mean, we'll see once uh, free agency opens up how much these goalies get paid. They, some of these goalies might get less than, 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 uh, than $4 million and then they might get only one-year contracts because of mm-hmm. the, there's so much uncertainty right now. Some players might want short-term contracts because maybe they think, well, next year the, the the maybe the cap will, will will go up, things will change, it'll be better, or, or something along those lines. So maybe we're gonna see contracts that look better than what we got for Jake Allen, uh, with Jake Allen, and I mean we did give away a third round pick for for Jake Allen, but we always have to remember whether or not the gold the player would have wanted to sign to Montreal, sign in Montreal, and as far as being a, a, a if you're a goal and you think you can be a starter, Montreal's the last place you want to play. No, exactly, the exactly. absolute last place. You and even play. even if you're you're a really good backup. You want to go to a team that maybe doesn't have a solid starter. Yeah, yeah. Like, like because a you never know. Lewis, yeah, maybe. exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, no, so it, it and just the third round pick. Like so, so it was Jake Allen in the seventh, for third in the seventh. Uh, so the seventh are a wash. It always makes me laugh when seventh round picks are included, yeah. as if they mean anything. Like, were, 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 was it like Jake Allen for a third, and then the like St. Louis GM was like, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm liking the look of your seventh round pick. Like, was that really? Well, seventh seventh round. If I'm not mistaken, the seventh round pick that we gave was this year, and the one that we got is 2022. Caden uh, Primo was the seventh round. pick. Yeah, sure. So. It can happen. But like, if there's a guy like that we like, like a Caden Primo, like if we did like him at the time. And it's easy to get a seventh round pick at the time. Well, which is what they did. Yeah, yeah. That's not. That's not. That's not. That's true. Uh, a crazy stretch. But I mean, there is value for the Canadians to push the pick further. Uh, but it's it's going to be the first year that they don't make that trade with uh, with the Philadelphia. Then, if I'm not mistaken, 
But did they do it three years? Was it Philadelphia? There's a yeah. team that for three yeah. years in a row they swamped seventh round picks for yeah, some that's reason. That's true. Yeah. Uh, so I guess that tradition's uh, uh, over. But hey, I mean, the backup goaltender set, and just like I completely, this is what what I said to, because Hab Statistician was kind of the only person on your side. I'm not too sure about the trade, and I understand. Mark Bergerman wanting to play it safe with the backup goaltender. Yeah, yeah. When I first saw the trade, I was a little disappointed again because, like we said on on the last podcast, I was hoping it was going to be a bit of a cap dump. But I mean, the more that the you know the the more as time goes on, I'm I'm liking the trade more and more. Yeah. You know, when you really start to think about it and think about, you know, I mean, at least we can solidify this. We don't have to worry about backup goaltending yeah. anymore. So I mean, obviously, the last thing you want to do is head into next season with Charlie Lindgren as your backup. That'd be a disaster. And not only that, because you brought up Caden Primo before, it, it might have hurt his development that he had oh, to, yeah. to, oh, sure. to sit on the bench last season uh, for for the Canadians because the the the, the goalie situation was so bad in, in Montreal when it came to to the backup. Now, uh, unless there's an unlucky injury, and then it is what it is if that happens. But if, if the two goaltenders stay healthy, Caden Primo can have a full season in in the AHL whenever that starts, and. That's just better for his development, right? Not thinking about going back and forth and all that. He can just focus on developing in uh, in the AHL, and that's what you want for Caden Primo right now. And maybe he has a monster season, and at the end of this year, when Jake Allen's contract is up, then maybe you're thinking, okay, Caden Primo is ready to be the backup in, in Montreal, right? So yeah, it, it's 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 win win, and and it's just maybe it's playing it safe a little bit because he could have risked it and waited for UFA, not give up anything. But look, the Canadians still have. The fir- their first round pick this year, three second round picks, their third round pick, three fourth round picks, two fifth round picks. Like the Canadians have plenty of picks yeah. still. No, no, for sure. I mean, and sure. and we've talked about this where they they had prospects that had to give up this year because they couldn't sign them anymore. Exactly. I mean, they had to, yeah. They, I mean, two years ago they had to give up a third round pick. Uh, yeah. This this year they gave up a, a fourth. And two fifths. So I mean, you know, just because they didn't have enough contracts to sign these guys, so exactly. Yeah, so you can't. Ha- you're not going to be able to draft twelve guys again this season, and and then not know, lose some players like that. So you you in a certain way got him for nothing because it was kind of an extra pick that eventually could have been kind of lost in in the shuffle. And it was the Washington pick that we got for uh, for Kovalchuk, Kovalchuk, who we signed for nothing. So I mean. Uh, sorry, if you're going to talk about asset management overall, you really, really can't criticize uh, Bergeron for uh, for this move. And, and now we can, we can stop worrying about the goaltender. And like you said, even if Price does get hurt, which has happened in, in, yep. in recent years, Jake Allen can definitely step in, obviously not be as good as Carey Price, but, you know, be serviceable. Yeah, definitely. Definitely a solid, uh, a solid option. I mean, yeah. I mean, you have to be happy about the trade at the end of the day. And I'm happy now. Moving on from the the backup goaltender position, is, is that the backup goaltender position is, is set, and now the team can focus on other things, like somehow the Canadians have too many centers right now, and well we talked we've talked about Max Domi being the one that needs to move so much on this podcast, and and then he fired his agent and hired Mitch Marner's agent, and anyone who followed the Mitch Marner contract situation. Knows that 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 agent has a bit of a reputation. It doesn't mean for sure he'd act the same way here, but that it wasn't exactly an easy uh, negotiation for the Maple Leaf, which for Habs fans was hilarious at the time. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, you don't want to get the same situation, Domi. So he's always been the guy we've been talking about moving, and it's it's not about criticizing Max Domi as a player. It's about having too many players on the team. But now what's coming out is in rumors today, 
and not just anyone like Elliot Friedman, right? If I'm not, it's Elliot Friedman, right? Yeah, he's the one who who brought this up, saying that just uh, essentially what he said on the Instigators podcast. I'm reading off the at Habs Links uh, Twitter, who would kind of post this transcript from the podcast that with Suzuki and Kutkinyemi, so this is Elliot Freeman saying this, in place at center, Montreal will look for both Domi and Dano to possibly be moved. And he thinks there's a chance it might be Dano instead of Domi. And that, I never, for some reason, never really thought about it. I mean, and he says more here and what his value may be, but Dano, there was, we talked about in the last podcast where his answer is about his new role on the team. He was kind of iffy on it. He kind of feels like he's proved himself as a forward. Is that a sign of he's going to ask too much money in the in the off season? I mean, now I'm kind of thinking about is Daniel the one that's going to be moved? Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's tough. I mean, it definitely you don't want to see Daniel leave. I mean, no. you know, he's over the last two three seasons he showed his worth and how you know how valuable he is i mean he's one of the best defensive you know, basically two-way def- uh, two-way uh, centers in the nhl so i mean you know you definitely don't want to see him go but at the same time you know like you mentioned and like we talked about on the last uh, on our live, last podcast the answers that he gave to some of the questions in the last interview of the season when, when the canadians got eliminated he didn't seem too happy about being behind cooking and suzuki so he obviously seems to think that he's still that he's a number one center in the NHL, which I definitely don't think is the case. He's basically he's a number one center on a bad team like the Canadians were. It's it's always hard. Like, what is a number one center? He is a top thirty one. He's part of the thirty one best centers in the NHL. You think so? That would like talk like offensively. Maybe not offensively, but overall. Like, yeah, I would say overall. Overall, but yeah, but I, I see what you mean. Like a a, a solid team and. And Suzuki is already showing to be more of an offensive threat. I mean, very if he's not already there, very quickly Suzuki will be more of an offensive threat than. Oh, I think than, I think he then. probably already is. He, he, exactly, he might already already be there, uh, honestly. And I think though that I think the the Suzuki's performance makes this conversation about Dano a lot easier because Suzuki showed he was much more than a, an offensive threat. He was taking defensive face-offs. He was playing on the PK. He was doing a lot of the things we love Dano for, while, like you just said, already being more creative offensively and a better... Now, I still think Dano right now is better defensively than, than Suzuki, for sure. Yeah, but Suzuki's pretty close, though, I think. Exactly, it's exactly. Pretty close. He, he's getting... So I would hate to lose Dano, but now it's like... Domi, you can have for, for a few years, still RFA. Domi might... Uh, Dano might just walk at the end of next year. Uh, if uh, depending on the con, the con, it's, he's a UFA the next year, yep. right? So yep. it's not because he's French Canadian that he's gonna stay in Montreal. That's not it's not a thing. Like yeah, a lot of people think we need to go get all the French Canadians, but they don't all want to play here. Okay, no, exactly. I mean, <laughs> I mean, he's I mean his contract that he's on right now was basically not not really a hometown discount. I mean he wasn't. I don't think when he signed that contract, he wasn't as well established no, as he is right not. now. But uh, uh, he's definitely not gonna take a uh, like you know a, a team friendly. Contract. He, he can't. It would be stupid huh. of him to do that. And and people love to talk about team friendly contracts and all that. I don't think he should do that. No. I mean, it, 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 he he needs to. It, this is going to be his biggest paycheck, regard yeah, like for sure. for sure in his career. It's going to be his biggest paycheck. He's going to want at least five or six years, and he's going to want a big chunk of change. And does it make sense for the Canadians to to, to give him that money? I mean, I, I don't know. And and to me now, if we're going to talk about, are you moving Danu or Domi? It's. I just want to know what the the return could potentially be. Is is, is what I need to know. Like, yeah. Which one of the two is getting a better return right now? Dano for sure. 
But Dano's a UFA in one year, while Domi's an RFA. That's the big yeah. difference, the age difference there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they, they would have to, you know, have some sort of, presumably, a deal in place. Um, you know, whatever team he's going to, I mean, you know, they, they would... You would assume that they would have a deal in place. But that's not, all, that's not always the case, right? No, yeah. no. I think here what's happening with Domi and Dano, the big difference is you're trading with two completely different types of teams. Yeah. Right? It's not yeah, the, well, the teams true. that want Dano aren't your teams that want Domi and vice versa. No, exactly. And any team that wants Dano and it's going to be willing to give up something good for Dano is probably a team where he's going to be a third-line center. Yeah, 100%. Like, yeah. yeah, you would think that the, the, the type of teams that are going to want to make a move for Dano are teams that are on the cusp of being cup favorites. And he's going to be a second or third line center, and he's going to be brought there to be the, the shutdown guy for the playoffs. Exactly. You, you know, it, it would probably be a team like, uh, you know, uh, maybe not Tampa, but I, I think probably the Avalanche would make yeah. would make a lot of sense as a team. Uh, and he's definitely he's not going to be the, the first line center there. I mean, maybe he'd be, he would be a second line center, but he might well, even he, be a second line center with the Canadians. Next year, so I mean Suzuki. Well, he's, yeah, here's the thing. Like, here's the thing. Like, Dano coming into next year, I think, like, regardless of how Suzuki's played and how Kikinami played, I think he's still the number one center coming into camp. It's mm-hmm. whether or not, and it, and it's like more of a like a, a, a by the end of the year, Suzuki's number. But here's the thing too. If we say number one, number two, number three. Like, there's no like. What if the, let's say hypothetically the Canadians go and sign Taylor Hall and he plays with Nick Suzuki, so he's the number one center. But then Dano is still playing with Gallagher and, and Tatar, so then he hasn't lost no, any... No, like, so like He's still in the same role he was before. The Canadians just got better, and he's more... He should be happy about that, you know? Yeah, no, it's true. But, I, well, I think... Um, I mean, I think Suzuki's definitely the number one center. My, my question is more Kakinyemi, where, yes, obviously he was, along with Suzuki, the best player in the Canadians in the play... Well, and obviously Price best player in the Canadians on yeah, the, skaters, in, during yeah. the playoffs. But, uh, I mean, he did that over, what, like they played 10 games or something? No, a little bit more than 10 games, I guess. Or not no, for sure. Games. I I definitely so, agree. But, I mean, but, he, finished this, he finished the season in the AHL. But that's so. why I say even with Suzuki, though, yeah. as much as I love Suzuki, he's still a young player. There's no guarantee he's going to start the the season and right away start where he left off. Right? There, there, there might still be some... Some growing pain, some some sophomore slump happening. You know, it it, it is it is possible. So like so so Dano's the most likely to be a, the most consistent going into uh, going into next year. And yeah, it's just that's that's for sure. I mean, he, he probably has a la- the least upside of the three, but hundred uh, percent. But yeah, he's probably the more the more uh, of a sure bet, I guess. Um, we did. Uh, I did ask the question uh, on Twitter. Uh, we did get two responses here. So we got one from Matt Godboo. So at Habit Forming One, uh, it will have to be one hell of a return. Not because he's so good that the return has to be great, but because Bergevin will have to feel like he ripped the other team off to trade a francophone. Which I, I mean, I think is a good point to be honest with you. And the uh, the other uh, comment came from Etienne Ferlin. So at Etienne Ferlin on Twitter. No, they should not. They need a center like Dano to be cup contenders. If they do, due to contract issues, they better get exactly what they need, which is a scoring right winger. Um, so, I mean, the first point, I think, man, it's like the media is going to go crazy if they trade Dano. Like, when is the last time that a, that a French-Canadian player has made this big of an impact on the Canadians? But I would almost argue that the French-Canadian sweetheart on the team, even though Dano has been far better, is Jonathan Dupont. Like, Jonathan Drouin is the one that's in the McDonald's commercials. He's the one that's doing, like, stuff like that, you know? Like, he, he he's the one that is, like, 
is kind of like pushed as the French Canadian face of the Montreal Canadiens more so than 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 Dano. Well, I think that. Well, yeah, maybe in commercial. Well, I mean, I think the the McDonald's commercial was at the beginning of the season when he was a leading. Was he? Oh no, he wasn't leading scorer last year. No, I think that was two years ago when he was a leading but, scorer. But, but, regardless, you see them. You see him pop up and stuff. Yeah, and he, no, that's he, true. he goes to signings. He 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 has like like the golf tournaments and stuff like that. Like like Dwayne is really like. But I'm talking more about like the media guys. So like you know the people that work for TV TVS Ball and RDS. They all love that. No, of course. And regardless, and the they're, they're they going to lose their threw. mind no matter what the Canadians well, do. I mean, of course, <laughs> true, I of course, this is going to be a situation where it's going to be like, you have to, you, okay, I do agree that the return has to be, but here's the thing, regardless of him being French-Canadian, I would need a return to be phenomenal to move yeah. Dano. Dano is a, is a crucial part to this team, regardless of, of the fact that he's, uh, uh, he's French-Canadian. And the only reason we're even kind of thinking about this is because he, he's a pending UFA and it's what kind of money he's going to want. But at the end of the day, like he's a player that you need on your team if you want to win. Yep. So I still am more on the side of moving uh, moving Domi. It's just... I don't know like what other kind of offers. And honestly, if anyone but Elliot Friedman honestly would have, would have said this, mm-hmm. I'd be like, eh, whatever. This yeah. guy's just looking for, for clickbait. But he, he... Like, now that Bob McKenzie's retired, is he, like, the most reliable source out there? Like, he's up there, right? So, I think it's the only reason people are, like, really stopping to think about it, you know? But I'm not even... Like, honestly, I'm not really even that surprised that this rumor kind of came out there based on what he said at the yeah. end of the season. And and I think, you know, based on what he said, I think he's over-evaluating himself a little bit. Yeah, yeah of he's, course. He's going to be asking for a lot well, of money. What he probably said, more than he deserves. Even though I think, once again, what he said was blown out of proportion, like we said last week. But what he said does make it a bit easier for Mark Bergman to sell a trade to the media, yeah. right? It kind of that's true. It kind of yeah. helps him if he does end up moving him, especially if he move, moves him for like a really, really strong piece that the Canadians need. He can use that, like he said, those comments, blah, blah, blah. And like they love pushing like the team first thing in Montreal, and, yeah. and like maybe he can twist that into being a selfish comment i don't think they were selfish comments at all but like he can easily twist those things just to 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 kind of make the media hear what they what they want to hear with that but i would still be shocked if they moved down it, it would yeah it would no be so would i so would i expect like maybe at the trade deadline if they you know or whatever like maybe halfway through the season if the canadians are really doing bad maybe uh, but i mean i think uh, like to go to etienne ferland's point it, it's true i mean we've talked about this a hundred times on the podcast that he is the Third line center on a Stanley Cup winning team. Yeah, absolutely. He could. He could, he can also be the second line center. I think on a Stanley Cup winning team. I think yeah, he's proven himself enough to offensively to, to, to be a, like if you have an elite number one center. Like let's say Suzuki like develops to be uh, a really top top tier center, and then Kakiemi still struggles a little bit. But then like like. Like third line center, second line center, like we, we put these numbers on players, but they don't really mean anything anymore, no, right? Like, you know, he still would be playing probably the second in the playoffs, he'd probably play potentially the most minutes out of any center on the team, even though he's not scoring as much because he's been yeah. he'd be playing against the best player on the other team constantly and all that, you know? So, how much is that worth? That, that's worth a lot of money. I know it's, it's hard to say. The, the team would be significantly worth it, worse if they lost Dano, for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I don't even if they go get the right winger they need, Max Domi is not stepping into the Dano role. It's like you, you're you're really asking a lot of Nick Suzuki. 
if you yeah, yeah definitely definitely and I mean and you're banking on Kakiniemi playing as good as he did in the playoffs which yeah exactly I mean I'm I'm not sold yeah on. you're banking on Suzuki being able to not only be a great offensive player but also be able to fill in the role from Dano defensively you're banking on Kakiniemi to develop into a proper second line center and to Domi to be like a, a really good center also and it just it just makes more sense to 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 move to move Domi and, and just from from all the the talks about the, the the comments ever made about like how Domi they see him as a center like what Julien and like Bergeron said like it sound it really sounds like it's a done deal and it's just maybe it'll be Dano if they can't move Domi but yeah. I'd be surprised yeah I don't know what kind of return you're gonna get for Domi though I mean I think you're definitely selling low on him at at this point yeah. I mean he's still he's still a year away from yeah. having a really really solid year and we see those players go for for a, a fair like amount of uh, of assets usually you know like because you you the, the, ideally he gets moved for a very similar situation kind of player yeah yeah I think that's fair yeah. like yeah we'll see I mean it's uh yeah I, th- I think they're probably end up moving Domi but it'll be interesting to see what the contract situation is if they can get a deal done and uh, I mean, hopefully it's the right money all this to say that I can't wait for these playoffs to be over as much <laughs> as it's good hockey and all that. I mean, they've, so they've announced that the draft is going to be on the 6th and 7th of October, and the UFA is going to be on the 9th of October, and I just, that's still, that's only a month away. Like, I can't yeah. wait to see what's going to come with it, because I want to be surprised with Domi if they're not necessarily in a rush to move him, because they want to see what's going to happen. Like, if they sign, for example, a Taylor Hall, you know? Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. then it makes your decision probably a little bit easier. A lot easier. A for, lot easier, yeah. First of all, money-wise, you're kind of like, well, Domi, we can't pay yeah. you anymore. Like, we can't pay you what you want to get. And you have that winger you need, and th- and then you can move Domi, and, and you have kind of more flexibility in what kind of return you want for Domi too, yeah. right? Because you you went and got that elite scoring winger to to kind of replace him. So all these kind of things I think are are gonna start falling into place when the the playoffs really end. And uh, part of you might be thinking too, hey, I think there's four teams that wanna the four teams that are playing right now want Domi, you know, like 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 you yeah, don't know what, 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 what what's going on there, right? So. I mean, there's going to be speculation always is with uh, with the Canadians, uh, of course. But uh, and uh, you had another Twitter question actually, which I actually I found very uh, interesting. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so this is from uh, Hugh. So at Hugh seven 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 on Twitter. That's four seven. <laughs> uh, so he asks, uh, could you touch on the possibility of Pugliarvi coming to the Habs? Edmonton was looking to sign him, but recent reports say they're looking to deal him for picks. Montreal and Carolina were mentioned as possible destinations. Would like to see him and KK on the same line. I mean, uh, I think, you know, I know definitely myself, I've been wanting Pugliarvi, the Canadians to go get Pugliarvi since at least last season. I mean, he's exactly the type of player you want to take a flyer on who's kind of like maybe you can buy low on him, right? Like six foot four, right handed, right wing. It's like exactly what the Montreal Canadiens need. Yeah, I mean exactly. I mean he, uh, you know, obviously struggled his first couple of seasons in Edmonton, but I mean, you know, we all know how Edmonton are at developing yeah, good prospects. Exactly. So. You know, I don't think they had to do a lot of developing with uh, McDavid. I think he just kind of naturally showed up. Yeah, uh, he had uh, a great year last yeah. year in Finland uh, with Carpat. He nearly a point per game. Yeah, twenty four goals, twenty nine assists, and fifty three points. So, so we talked about this a bit beforehand, and you you said you were surprised that they would be looking for for picks because they want to get good now. That well, that, that's what I would think. I mean, you, I mean, Edmonton is. But, but been... here's the thing, though. I, I pulled up their 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 cap friendly page just to 
to look at what other pieces we can move for him uh, in, in a bigger potential trade. And I didn't re- realize this, but Edmonton had their, have their first round pick. They don't have a second round pick. They don't have a third round pick. They don't have a fourth round pick. Mm. Well, that, that, that makes it a little bit more interesting because I would have thought, I mean, not knowing that, I would have thought that Edmonton would want to, to get some players that can help now. So, I mean, McDavid, I mean, he's still very young, obviously, but I mean, you know, I mean, he's not getting any younger, right? So, I mean, you know, they, 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 and I mean, eventually, you know, they want to put a of competitive course, of team. Of course, and they've they, bad they, for so long. The, when you have McDavid and Dreisaitl on your team, you should be able to build a competitive yeah. team. They definitely sure. want to win now. I don't, I don't, I don't disagree there, but your, your, your big, like, last pick from recent, like, you don't want your, the way you build teams now is a little bit, even if you have star players, you need those players yeah. coming out through the draft for the, for the small contracts and all that. And when your team has no second, no third, no fourth, I mean, you do want some assets there. So maybe what it is is they, they want a player for now and they want some picks, you know? Like, maybe you, you like the Canadians have the picks to move. Like, I'd be yeah, no, more, sure. more than happy sure. to, to, to throw a couple picks Edmonton's way and maybe add another player that can help them right now. Uh, and, uh, de- like, depending on what they want exactly. It's always hard to determine what the value is for players in pull your obvious situation, right? Because he was yeah. highly touted. Yeah, especially this struggled. situation. It's so weird. Who knows? But I'd be, I'd take it. Like, how much would you be willing to give for, for Pulley Harvey? I'd, I'd be give, I'd be willing to give a lot. Like, obviously not one of our top top players, but uh, I'd give our first round pick. Yeah. I'd give, um, I mean, Armia Lekkinen. I think maybe maybe one of those maybe one of them or uh, the type of guy that could interest them. Yeah, because it's the type of player that does help your team be uh, better now. Uh, an army and a Lekkonen. I mean, it'd be hard to. We could definitely afford to lose one of those guys too, for sure. I'd love to hold on to army. I really love uh, what uh, army has uh, has to offer. I mean, we have some. I'm looking at defense. I don't think there's anyone on defense. I mean, like maybe that Brett Kulak's performance in the playoffs is going to give him some. Uh, maybe I, I think Brett Kulak's um, his value is probably a little bit higher, or his stock is a little bit higher than than. Than Habs fans probably think right now, just based on the playoffs, and, yeah. Great and he playoffs. does have off off a lot of offensive upside. And one point eight five, a good deal too, a good con- contract. Contract, right? So for 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 teams that maybe don't have as much space, like uh, like Edmonton, you know, they have a lot of big names they have to pay on this on this roster. And Army Army is on a pretty good deal too, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I mean, uh, making. 2.6. You're exactly right. 2.6. 2.6. So, I mean, I th- man, Armia, like he had, I think, 16 goals this season. Yeah. Imagine him playing with uh, <laughs> David or Dre's idol. I would man. hate to see Armia leave because he. I do yeah. love the way he plays. And, but but to, to go get a potential – and because you, you, you're, you're, you're losing a big body, but you're getting a big body at least uh, with, uh, with, with Pooley Arby, but – uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love a, I'd love a move like, and the Canadians can even give if they want picks, they yeah. want our first. We have three seconds. You want a couple of those too? Yeah, I'd, I'd give. Yeah, I'd, like I said, I would give up the first. I'd give up two seconds if they want a second, third, and fourth. If they want, uh, I mean, if they do want Armia, you know, maybe Armia in a second. Yeah. If they want a guy, um, so I mean, I think they need defense too. Um, so maybe you know, maybe Armia and Kulak. Maybe Armia and one of our younger defensemen. Yeah. Maybe a guy like like a Mete, maybe. Maybe Mete. Maybe maybe Kale Fleury, even. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely be willing to to give a lot, and yeah. I, it it just it's a type of move that makes a lot of sense uh, for for the Canadians too, because it, we're it's still a young team at the end of the day, and you want to build players to grow with the the two centers we have in in Suzuki and and Kotkaniemi. So wingers is what they're gonna, they're going to want to go get and. Pull, pull Yarvey fits the mold perfectly. Yeah. Like it, we, we, the Canadians have wanted a big kind of winger 
uh, like that for uh, for a while. I mean, they, I mean, I guess we had Pacioretty for uh, for a bit there. Not that he played like a, a really physical style <laughs> or anything like that, but yeah, I, I love the idea of going to get Pulley and it just actually makes a lot of sense for the Canadians to be the team it he does. goes to. Yeah, definitely. Because I could definitely see Edmonton. Cause teams do care about this, as dumb as it sounds. I can see Edmonton wanting him out of the Eastern Conference just in case he goes to the next team and blows up. Out of the Western Conference. Out of the Western Conference, yeah, sorry. Sorry, into the Eastern Conference. Because when you move a young player like that who's just for some reason doesn't want to play for your team, you don't want to be reminded of him being like something you lost for nothing and then he's amazing on some some other team, right? So they're going to want to ship him out. Montreal, I mean, only have to see him a couple times a year if that... I don't know. it It makes a lot of sense. Just like the Jake Allen move made a lot of sense... Montreal make a lot of sense for uh, for for Paul Yarby. I mean, there you go. Yeah. La- so last episode we were talking about the Jake Allen trade, getting Jake Allen to the Canadians. It happened. Yeah. Maybe uh, I think it, I think it happened the, the day after. We, yeah. Oh, no, I, I think a week after. We, oh yeah. Maybe. Yeah, because we went a week without yeah. an episode. So uh, I mean, maybe this time we're talking about Paul Yarby today. Maybe he gets traded uh, in the next week. I mean, we've, we, you've mentioned Paul Yarby uh, oh, yeah, trade talked about multiple times. times. It hasn't oh. worked so far. <laughs> <laughs> But hey, it would be great. It makes a ton of sense, and like I'd be willing to give up some like, especially like the the first round pick. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Bergman is is looking for ways to to move it now that it's yeah. the 16th overall pick. Turn turn it into something they can help right now. I mean, I, I I would love that. I'm not against moving that 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 first round pick uh, uh, at all. I mean, we got we got printed plenty of prospects and assets, especially moving the first round pick for a guy like Pulleyarvi, who's still extremely young. You know. Oh yeah. So, hey, he's uh, 21, I think. 22 maybe yeah so it's it, 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 it makes a ton of sense he's 22 so uh, I, I would love to see a move for him we'll see if it happens but I'm sure there's a lot of team asking teams asking about him and sometimes when it's players that seem to have a bit of a like personality issues I don't know if that's why he doesn't want to sign Bergeron may, might have some hesitation with uh, maybe but I think that, he but. was just so poorly handled in Edmonton to yeah. like, like and, I which mean, is not that hard to believe no exactly yeah. so I mean no, I don't. I don't think necessarily. Uh, I mean, I don't know the whole situation, but I mean, I don't think he necessarily has that bad of an attitude. I think it was just done so poorly there in Edmonton that. Yeah, which is which is fair enough. All right, so I, I just mentioned actually uh, Max uh, Max Patch already, but uh, it's uh, is it today that it's a two year anniversary? I think it was yesterday. Yeah, yeah. So yes, a two year anniversary of the Max Patch ready trade to uh, the, the Vegas Golden Knights. So Max Patch has moves for for those that don't remember Thomas Atar. Nick Suzuki and a second round pick. I don't remember who we got with the pick. Yeah. Well, second round pick that we ended up trading last year for a third and fifth. Okay. So we ended up getting uh, Matthias Norlinder, who's looking like an amazing prospect, yeah. and Jacob Leguerrier, who well is not looking like such a great <laughs> prospect. But I mean, but he's a fifth rounder. So. Honestly, if we're going to talk about the trade, regardless of even if the two draft picks don't turn into anything, oh. Tatar and Suzuki has been just Suzuki alone. If all we got from Max Pacioretty with Nick Suzuki. Would be a good trade. I'd be ecstatic about it. Right now. I'd be like, all right, awesome. That's a that's a, that's an amazing trade. I mean, for for a long time, like we, we felt like we kind of like maybe fleeced them or or, or, or whatever. But yeah, Patch already had a pretty solid year this year. I think it might be one of those rare win win trades. In I mean, I think everybody in this trade won. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I'm sure Vegas is pretty happy. I mean, I think you know they. They're not happy to see Nick Suzuki gone, like the way that he's progressing with the Canadians. But I'm sure they're really happy with the with well, Max Pacioretty. Well, here's the thing: at the time, the Canadians got Nick Suzuki, but probably wanted Cody Glass. Well, that that is what what happened apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah so. they wanted Cody Glass. They they didn't, and 
And right Nick now, Suzuki's looking a lot better than yeah, Cody Glass. Yeah, I'd much right prefer now. have uh, Nick Suzuki than Cody Glass. So it's one of those things that kind of that's that's luck. That's all luck. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Because they they wanted Cody Glass to end up with Nick Suzuki, and it, it was for it was for for the best. But I mean, Patch Ready, the way he ended in his uh his career in Montreal wasn't. I, I loved him early in, in, in the Canadians, and he was the best player for the Canadians for for, for, for years. Like, oh, yeah. he, goal, he was one of the best goal scorers in the NHL for for a few years. He was he was very underrated in that sense, honestly, because he was consistently getting like almost forty goals uh, a year. But then his last year in Montreal just kind of felt like he gave up on the team while wearing the C on his jersey. Yeah. So yeah. kind of, I think it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, including myself. But hey, it seems he found his game this year. Good for him. Yeah, no, he's, and I can't uh, be mad. I mean, the, no. the, the return to Canadians, and maybe we move Tatar for some more pieces. No, exactly. I mean, Thomas Tatar has been amazing for the Canadians since he got here. I mean, he was their leading scorer this year, nearly a point per game. I think he had like sixty-one points and in sixty-eight games. It was a great point you just made about everybody won because he definitely won in this trade, oh, yeah, Thomas Tatar. I mean, he sure was not very happy, and uh, he had, he probably had the worst time out of anyone in that cup run. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure, for sure. I mean. Thomas Tatar has been great. Like you said, I mean, if he does end up moving, I wouldn't be surprised to see him get traded at some point during the season, maybe at the trade deadline, especially if the Canadians aren't doing good. Definitely get a good Hopefully, return Hopefully, I'm hoping now he doesn't get traded because I'm hoping they're doing good. Yeah, definitely. You know, definitely. <laughs> like I hope that's what we're saying at the trade deadline this year. But I mean, Nick Suzuki looking like uh, the future number one center of the Canadians. Like the, 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 this number, like the reason why we're talking about acquiring wingers and how we have to move a center is because of this trade. Yep. And how amazing uh, Nick Suzuki is. But it, and if I'm not mistaken, Kakuyemi was drafted the same year that we made this trade, right? Uh, 2018. Yeah, yeah, yep. exactly. So the last year from Pacioretty in Montreal was 2018. So Canadians kind of... That was a for, good offseason. For years, <laughs> for years didn't have the the centers they needed. And then in one offseason, I mean, Kakuyemi still has things to prove. But still, it's uh, it's looking good. But no, also, and, also when they got Domi? I think it might have been in 2018, two um, years ago. Might have been, but Maybe it was but, a year before. But, but, but Max Domi was uh, uh, that was at the be- just before camp started. While these happened at the end of the summer, yeah. uh, at the beginning of the summer, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. So, I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, I mean, definitely that was a good summer for the Canadians. Uh, I mean, obviously they won this trade. Uh, obvious. I mean, just Nick Suzuki would have been a win. Thomas, just well, Thomas think, Tatar think, might have I don't think we have to qualify as, as, as like winning the trade. I think I think no, I think no. the Golden Knights aren't mad about this trade. No, no. No, definitely. I mean, Patch. I mean, first of all, they've been a competitive team since they made this yeah. trade, and Patch Reddy's a, is a huge part of that. Honestly, I mean, I, I, and he he won the trade too. I'm sure he's much. used obviously oh, wasn't happy at the end. No, no, in, for sure, in, in for Montreal. sure. He's cl- clearly wasn't. So and you got Tatar, who again maybe will move him. Nick Suzuki, hopefully the future number one yeah. center of the Canadians, and uh, Matthias Norlander. Yeah. If, he's looking it, like great, a great prospect. If all trades can end up like like this, we, we all, everyone will be so, so yeah. happy. Yeah. <laughs> you should do more of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, we need we need to trade like this for for some more players on the the Canadians. So. I mean, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, after two years, I don't think things are going to change that much, honestly. Like, even if Nick Suzuki turns into like a better player than Patrick ever was, I mean, that that's still hindsight. I guess it depends if if the Golden Knights manage to win a cup and all that uh, with uh, with Pacioretty. But uh, I, no matter what, I think this is a win win trade. So, uh, moving on. Last thing for uh, for this episode, we're going to do a uh, quick. I mean, we just talked about wanting to trade the first overall, the first not overall, <laughs> but the first round pick, but. The Canadians still have a first-round pick, 16th overall. 
Uh, so today, who is the prospect that you think we should, might, shouldn't take at 16th? That Maybe should... take. Yeah. yeah. I kind of, I, like, I feel like the Canadians are not going to draft 16th overall. They're either going to trade the pick, maybe they'll move up a little bit. Uh, so I don't think they're going to draft 16th. But the guy that we're going to be talking about today is right-handed defenseman Brandon Wheat King's defenseman Braden Schneider. Um, so he's a really good defenseman, strong defenseman. He's... Uh, I mean, he's he's around this. Maybe it's 16. It's a little bit higher than uh, than some other mock drafts have him going. I think the reason that people probably aren't as high on Schneider as I am is that uh, he's one of the oldest players in the draft. He's, mm. uh, I think, actually, he just turned 19. Or he's going to turn 19 next week. Uh, yeah, September 20th is his birthday. So. So, uh, so he's older than most prospects in the draft. He also doesn't necessarily have the highest ceiling in the draft as well. But... He's the kind of guy that I think is going to be a guaranteed NHL. He's a solid two-way defenseman. He's big, six foot two, two hundred pounds. He's the guy that's uh, he. He's now played three years in the WHL with Brandon. Um, even in his first year, when he was fifteen, when when the season started, sixteen as the season went on, he put up twenty-two points. Um, so a guy that has proven that he can do it offensively. Well, twenty-two points isn't a lot, but it is for a sixteen-year-old defenseman. That year in the playoffs, he played eleven games for Brandon, a, a pretty good Brandon team got six points as well so he's a guy a good two-way defenseman he plays on the power play he plays on the pk he's an assistant captain on brandon he's a guy that probably could be in the nhl in the next two or three years again he's not going to be a game-changing defenseman but he's definitely a guy that could play in a in a top four role sort of like maybe i don't know if i'd compare him to jeff petrie but maybe somewhat similar so when, for you when you're looking at the the, the 16th uh, overall uh pick when you're looking more because when you get further even in the first round from the top 10 you're starting to get to the point where some of these players aren't going to turn into anything They're, you're taking some risks are, are you someone that you would rather go for the player that is a more guaranteed asset that more better chance of making the nhl maybe doesn't have a high of a ceiling or would you rather go for the home run swing for the kid that maybe not for sure making the NHL, but if he does make it, he could be like a really, really elite player. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's tough. I think probably in the Canadian situation, it's probably better go to, to go for like a home run swing. So maybe you know maybe they're not going to be looking at Braden Schneider. And you say that because they have so many good prospects already, right? Yeah, well, maybe not. A, I think they could use a right-handed defenseman, okay. however, uh, because they, they obviously are loaded on the left side with guys like Struble, Harris, uh, Norlinder that we just talked about, Romanov, obviously. But, um, I mean, I think they could use a right-handed defenseman. I think he's a guy that, that could definitely play in the NHL maybe in the next two or three years. Um, but... Yeah, he's not necessarily the home run swing where this year in the draft there are quite a few wingers and, and maybe even centers that could potentially be like, Im- well, impact players, top six players. That are that are 16. That, that would be could available. potentially be there at 16. But like, you know, they're going to be boomer bust prospects, whereas Schneider, at least in my opinion, is pretty much a guaranteed NHL. But I, I see your point that the, the Canadians are uh, are pretty, like they could use some more prospects on, on the right D side. But Given the fact that the Canadians still have a very, very strong prospect pool, and with all the picks the Canadians have, they, I mean, I think there's, since the Canadians have so many picks, even in this draft, unless they make some moves, I think with that this pick, I kind of want to go with the home run swing. Yeah, I mean, I can I can definitely understand that too, and that's probably the way that I would go. Mm. But I mean, I think Schneider would be definitely a good option. I'd love to see Schneider uh, selected by the Canadians. But um, I mean, I think usually in the first round, I, I'd like to go with a guy that I know is going to play in the NHL. Fair enough. Um, and then I think in the later rounds, like in the second round, the Canadians have three second round picks. 
you can take some home run swings there. They're going to take at least one home run swing in the second round. That's for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. So it's uh, I mean I think he's a great prospect. He's you know he's he has definitely you know he's a, he's a good two way defenseman. He's good in his in his own zone. He's a guy that a really good puck mover who could be a you know potentially on the second power play unit in the NHL. Doesn't have the biggest shot, however. He doesn't hasn't scored a lot of goals in the WHL, but gets a lot of assists and you know is is a really good puck mover puck moving defenseman in the in the whl it's you know a little bit more rough compared to the ohl and the and the q so uh he'd be a great option i think so in that range would you say he's almost like he sounds like he's one of your favorite like available options in that range uh i mean there's definitely guys that i'd like i mean it's 16 i mean you're kind of hoping that one of the top top tier guys are gonna fall yeah it's hard to say that's yeah, true because you always have a guy that like drops so much you don't know why and then yeah yeah, I mean, uh, I, the, I think there's other options that you know that would be just as good. But I, I mean, if, I think if you're looking at a defenseman that that could be solid for the Canadians in the next couple of years and not not take too long to develop, I think yeah, he's definitely a good option. All right, sounds good. So I think that'll do it for this week's episode. As always, follow us on Twitter at the Habs Forum. Send us your questions, even if it's even if it's not before an episode, whatever, whatever anything pops up or if Dustin makes another uh, poor uh, comment about a trade like he did about the Jake Callen <laughs> trade, feel free to criticize him as, uh, as much as you want. Uh, as I've always said, I don't run the Twitter. He does. I disagreed with him right away, but I guess it's, <laughs> I guess the Twitter represents both of us, but whatever. So follow us at the Habs Forum on Twitter. We'll be doing more episodes soon for sure. Now we know the draft is on uh, the 6th and 7th of October. That's less than a month away at this point. So we, uh, we got to make some, some prospect profiles, some more prospect profiles for uh, for you guys, and of course, if there's some news, we're gonna we're gonna put out an episode. But it it'll be on Twitter to let you know when it's coming out. And yeah, is there anything else? Uh? And that's it. Yeah, give us a follow on Twitter. Give us a follow on Facebook, and uh, and we'll be back potentially next week. If not, uh, well, two weeks at the latest. At the latest. At the latest. Because we've never said we're gonna have an episode, never. and then <laughs> never and then then we don't have an episode, <laughs> or the we you you tweet, and then two hours later, like oh, technical difficulties. <laughs> Air quotes, technical difficulties. Mario had one too many beers before. Uh, <laughs> anyway, we'll talk to you guys. Uh...